Starship Troopers, a 1997 film directed by Paul Verhoeven, released as a science fiction and satirical film. Would you like to know more? Hello and welcome to episode 115 of Kaiju Curry House. I'm Paul, joined today by Joe, and we're going to be talking about Starship Troopers, which is a, um, well, we really said that, 1997 film, good stuff. First of all, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Um, Joe has been getting over his third bout of COVID and 3D printing in his little isolation tank. I've been getting perpetually better at this. And thanks to the free files the Smithsonian Institution puts out on um, Sketchfab, I've been printing some pretty cool stuff. I have got a 3D printed, very accurate uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex skull that I couldn't be more thrilled with amongst other things. So if you're a 3D printing fan, go on to Sketchfab and see what your museums have to offer because it's all free to download and all you have to do is print it up i will say though if you download skeletons not all of those are articulated when you print them so you may have to reassemble them but i've kind of been filling my time with that and then just doing a bit of reading in all honesty i have been also eagerly awaiting the release of coalface which as of this time is getting released on monday march 13th so I'm going to be ordering that the second that it drops. And then finally, because Joe's always spending money, the 30th anniversary Mattel Red Rex was released. So for those of you who are Jurassic Park fans or dinosaur fans in general, the Kenner Red Tyrannosaurus Rex probably holds a special place in your heart. If you don't know about it, you should Google it immediately because it's one of the best dinosaur toys ever released. And it's huge. It's great. So what Mattel did is they created a homage, a nostalgia grab, if you will, to the original 93 Kenner toy releases. And rather than a hunk of plastic, there is a rubberized or a real feel, if you will, uh, red Tyrannosaurus Rex. It matches the original paint scheme. It swallows figures and you can retrieve them out of the tummy like the original Kenner figures. And then it also has an electronic roar as well. And the packaging, the coloring, the way that the figure stylized and made up, it is all harkening back to the original 93 um, toys. So Joe grabbed that immediately. Now, this is a fun fact for all of you UK listeners. It's listed as a Target exclusive. However, Smith's Toys in the United Kingdom has stock of these. They're only allowed to sell three to one person at a go because this is a 30th anniversary special which Mahooser. But at the time of this podcast, it hasn't been widely circulated. These figures are in the shops. So if you go to your local Smith's toy, you might find it. It is not on the website. You got to go into the place at, this, at the time of this recording. So Joe managed to bag himself one of those. I am very excited. And uh, yeah, in terms of large, dangerous, scaly things, that is what Joe has going at the moment. Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Just hang on. I'm just, just quickly ordering a, uh, a, a Kenner T-Rex. Just one moment. Yeah. And you know what? It's not even priced <laughs> that bad either. You'd think normally something like this would be scalp, but it isn't. 
I, you see, the thing is, is I know I have one, but you I have the original one, do you as well? I take it. You do, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. I have the original Red Rex. Yeah. That thing, that, no, that, that's a holy grail. But I have one. But the thing is, is, when it dropped, it said Target exclusive, and nobody in the UK had one or had stock or had seen one right. in a lot. So, what I did, family in America, I had my sister go out, pinch one for me, and then hold it. So, I have one somewhere. But yeah, I may actually get a second one just so that like my little boy can play with one. So you can have one to play with and then one to, you can keep in the box. Yeah, it's for my little boy. My little boy. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. My little boy is gonna play with it. You know? Yeah. You're in a child. Yeah, because he's 10 months old. You know, he he'd love oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. And it's rubber, so like it won't hurt him or anything. No, but, I've seen Peppa Pig. He plays with a toy dinosaur in that all the time. No problems. No, no Peppa Pig. Bluey. No? Bluey. Bluey. Okay. Folks, if you're a parent, I mean, some of you are listening to this podcast, ditch Peppa Pig, go find Bluey if you haven't already. And if you aren't a parent, watch Bluey. Watch Bluey anyway. It will make you feel better about the world. It really will. Anyways, Paul, we digress. What have you been up to? What have Kaiju been up to, Paul? That's better. And, uh, you know, not much. So wasted on me um i taken out bugs i'm cleaned out i finished reading war of the worlds which i know probably isn't really kaiju but creepy hey, creepy priests in basements should always be avoided. There's... that's what i learned from that book yeah okay i enjoyed reading it because i had only ever seen the tom cruise film I haven't seen the original movie I haven't read tom cruise film is actually fairly is... accurate all it things considered good. to the book yeah i um like I thought in the film, those like the tentacle things that go into the house to like search for him and stuff. I thought that was made up for the film. I didn't realize that would have been in the book for some reason. Yeah. I just had it in my head. Yeah. There were just totally tripod there. things, and that was it. And reading the book, I was like, oh, there's actually quite a lot in here. And it's um, again, the book isn't what I expected because it's just this guy telling the story and all the experiences he's going through. So you don't get the big picture of what's going on. You're just getting his view of this invasion and because it's set a while ago before mobile phones and such people in like they said the people in london don't really know what's happening they just think oh the the um whatever not phone line but the morse code line thingies down and that's why they're not hearing anything and they don't realize there's an invasion going on exactly it's like wow that's not it's not that old of a book in like the grand scheme of things, but you think, wow, that you know, there were people that you just lived in isolation back then. You had no connection to the world. It's quite a scary thought, really. I mean, good in some ways, but yeah, scary things like that could be happening. There's a lot of things that make me lose faith in humanity on a daily basis, it seems, that I didn't I don't need to know. But you know <laughs> But some things like that you'd want to know. You know, if something's come from Mars, you might want to know about it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, the radio show actually had people panicking because they did such a good job of it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a rather real, famous didn't occurrence in radio. Like, the book and the radio script were so well put together that people were listening to this on their radio and thought it was real. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. You couldn't, you couldn't get that now. It would just be fake. Fake news. Yeah. Speaking of fake news, the military-industrial complex of the United States and propaganda, let's start talking about our bug-filled joy of a film, 
Starship Troopers. Right, okay. The bugs send another meteor our way. But this time, we're ready. Planetary defenses are better than ever. So I've seen it more recently than you. Yeah. I do have a bad memory, but I have seen it more recently than you, fair enough. So um, do you want me to start talking about the film? Or would you like to hear what our listeners thought about the film? Oh, let's hear what the listeners thought. Yeah, yeah, because I I did post it. I did um, pose it to the group and we did have some feedback. So I'll just say we we put this out there as our Kaiju movie club. Um, After we watched Q, which was just a bit dire <laughs> yeah that's a good word for it dire but like, well, what's something a bit more light-hearted and we had a load of suggestions so i'm just going to go through suggestions where for future potentials thank got... you listeners by the way thank you listeners and thank yeah. you for not trolling us because you know I've, I've i've suggested personally some stinkers for films to be aired on this podcast but you guys came with the quality so wow got... thank you power rangers the movie which oh, would be good fun. Detective no Green Pikachu. Ranger, though. Uh, oh, that's sad now. What, um, Detective Pikachu? The, no, the fact, no. The Power, the Power Rangers. Rangers movie had no Green Ranger, and then I'm thinking, there isn't a Green Ranger right now, is there? No. <laughs> Joe. Yeah, Detective Pikachu, which is getting a sequel, I believe, now, so that's quite... It is getting a sequel, cool. yeah. Um, Starship Troopers, obviously, which won. Um, Rumble. Rumble didn't get much love. Rumble didn't get much love, just full stop. No, it, it didn't, did it? Limited release, all things considered. So I'm wondering, and is it is it bad or was it just it didn't get advertised well enough? So I've seen Rumble. Okay. And as a film, there isn't a lot of original originality to it. That's fine. But I'm looking back on that as like someone who's in his 30s, who's seen a lot of films, who knows a lot about monsters. And for a kid, it's probably fun, but the marketing for it, unless you were in this demographic, (laughs) you wouldn't have known about it. So yeah, Rumble, it needs more love, but for folks like us who have been around the block in terms of like the monster genre, you're not going to get a lot out of it. Eh? Okay, fair enough. Um, Critters. That's Critters. A, that's a, that's a <laughs> we, we should do that at some point. I got to get Charlie, our, our little boy, to watch Critters. No. <laughs> oh, actually, no. He's, um, how old, is he 12 now? Uh, he's 11. 11. Yeah, he'll be all right with that. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe is, is it the sequel where they go trick, where they go um, like hunting for Easter eggs and they pick up the actual critter egg? All right. So. I haven't seen any of the sequels, of which I know there are, but I just remember getting exposed to the Krites and being like, this film is quality. <laughs> schlock, but quality. Oh, yeah, quality schlock. Yeah. Um, Tremors was mentioned, but I, I don't feel we could really talk about that. Anymore. I'm happy to, but I don't think we Do should. you even listen to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Host, but again, we, we did a host, and that's not a very happy film. No, so, that that is actually a very sad film. A, yeah, beautifully a acted. Film. The reason that it is sad oh, is beautifully yeah, acted. Great film. Sad. Um, Pacific Rim, which I try to think if we have talked. I think we have. I think we cancelled the apocalypse on the many sequels. Like you know, like we shut yeah. them down. So I feel like we talked about the sequel for sure. Yeah. Um, Kong Skull Island's good. That's that's quite a, a 
you know this is actually this year marks an anniversary for that film i think you know like how many odd years six something like that it's been a while isn't it yeah when which i didn't realize until i think i saw a post that did say yeah it's been like five six years like oh wow okay yeah that was that was the return of kong and the introduction of kong to the multi to the monsterverse i mean like yeah that was was, hot stuff back then um the sea beast which i know you've um, raved about oh the sea beast is great we do need to do an episode of that but we need to rope in a guest we've had, yeah. we've had we've been talking to a few of them and it's just like scheduling yeah let's yeah, yeah let's you, try and get someone down and then we will discuss that one um deep rising oh my I lord completely forgot about that film how could you that film's traumatic that film still haunts my dreams like when it regurgitates that guy and then the one fellow who's on the pool table at the end wastes the bullet but that's Ooh. i mean that's a fun film isn't it from what i remember that's a kind of like a goofy you have a twisted sense of fun sir isn't it is it not a, more of like a tongue-in-cheek monster or is it am i just remembering oh, it wrong that's like the event horizon of creature features what? really there's a lot of creepy stuff in that film. okay i thought it was more like a starship troopers toned film but i think that there's some like tongue and there's some pretty good jokes in there but on the whole it's kind of like gortacular and thriller and creepy like slimy vibes okay you you still make me want to watch it oh yeah you go (laughs) for that sort of thing don't you uh love and monsters but we have already done that one oh we had someone you guys are suggesting good films yeah i think you're gonna have to go a little more obscure and then cloverfield which again that's is that like the 20th anniversary this year so we do need to talk about we it. do need to touch on cloverfield gosh takes so all the suggestions so some great suggestions we got yeah absolutely really are. yeah totally um but for feedback let's go with that uh derek mayer has said it's a personal favorite of mine the satire on the sci-fi backdrop is just fantastic plus it's got some great action sequences with giant bugs and everybody loves giant bugs everyone loves giant bugs um emma bryant said i'm not a fan of abba so i can't see myself watching this abba but i think that's super troopers not starship troopers i don't know my abba songs that well but i'm pretty sure it's not starship troopers super troopers had abba in it no wasn't there a song by abba super troopers no okay oh super trooper yeah yeah yeah. that is abba isn't it yeah not starship trooper Mm. i don't i don't know think some lines uh, are crossed there yeah okay um and so we'll go with the final comment which was by brandon hickley smith who's done a fantastic review um one of my favorite creature creature features and probably my favorite paul verhoven film yeah would you like to know more despite a little city in places and the first half of the film being slightly slow it somehow still feels enjoyable to watch again it kind of feels like i'm watching a spoof of aliens mixed with a tremor's tone to it. I do like the cast, and even the cheesy acting is quite entertaining. The characters' dialogues are filled with numerous quotes that I can still remember to this day. I think the bugs themselves are pretty unique and interesting, mostly the warrior bugs. Come to think of it, I wonder if the mutos of Monsterverse were inspired by the design. Speaking of the bugs, whoever did the effects on them did a superb job, as the CGI still holds up to this day. The music by Basil... Polydorus, 
Yeah, nice. I was going to say the music's yeah. incredible. Isn't it's it? nicely done too, especially the main theme when the troopers make land on Klindafu and later when defending Outpost 29 from dozens of bugs. He delivers an epic tune. Dozens? There's a bit, a bit more than dozens, isn't there? Well, it starts, off with, the starts off with dozens, then it's like few tens more. of thousands. Um, it has quite a lot of gory violence in numerous scenes, but that doesn't surprise me as it's the director's trademark. He's done plenty of times like... He's done this plenty of times with films like Robocop and Total Recall, etc. However, this is definitely one of my favourite of the ST franchise. Hope you guys like the film too. And remember, the only good bug is a dead a bug. a dead bug. Yeah. That is. I do love that. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> what a dude. We break net now and take you live to Klendafu, where the invasion has begun. All right. So, so, yeah, our thoughts on the film. So, when did you first see this film? Um, I'm trying to think. It's rated 18, isn't it? So, I couldn't have seen it at the cinema as I was too young. It must have been, I think I got it, I think, like Blockbuster Rental. I think it was a VHS rental. I can't remember. It might have been my parents or like a friend's parents rented it for us so we could watch it. So, it was late 90s when I saw it, I'm going to say. Late nineties. Late nineties, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ninety-eight, ninety-nine. I definitely uh, saw it after the age of thirteen because I I know where I was when I saw it. I can't give a precise moment, but I remember like in the United States, there was a chain of movie slash music stores called Sam Goody. Now and now I think it's Fye. But um, yeah, ours in the small town, you could walk in and buy anything at any age, and they just let you leave with it. <laughs> okay so yeah saw monsters bugs stuff like that on the cover had some uh school you know some school dinner money as they'd say in the uk to spend and i got the vhs and yeah there was a lot of stuff that i liked when i saw in there not necessarily things i should have been seeing um parents this is not a child-friendly film nope. there are uh there are some naked shenanigans going on in here but um Anyways, uh, yeah, stayed with me. It was released in 97, which I keep going back to that. And like, that seems like we're really forward thinking film. But then when you look back, the year that this, that the book that this, that, that inspired the film was written was 1959. <laughs> 1959. I had no yeah, idea. So a guy, a guy named Robert Heinlein, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He wrote it. Um, it actually won a Hugo Award for Best Novel in 1960, but it was it was kind of like a junior book. This wasn't necessarily what? like a, well, book's a bit different in the movie. <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, the book was written, you know, for like adolescents, you know, like young adult kind of like reading. Sure. And um, he wrote it again, you know, kind of like a satire or a criticism because of what was going on with, with the budgetings of the uh, Cold War at the time so huh. the united states was starting to get like really paranoid about russia if it hadn't been already yeah. and yeah so you got this military industrial complex coming up and that obviously struck home you know with hugo award back in the day and then ironically i think that this is quite funny because this just shows 
how Americans perceive a lot or perceived at least a lot of their military proudness and their fetishization of the military in the 90s. So when this released in 1997, critics weren't really on board. Like if you look everywhere, it, like you don't get like overly glowing reviews of Starship Troopers. Now people will say like, oh yeah, special effects are good. Music's pretty good. Oh, that plot. No, 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 no. Oh, the dialogue. Oh, no, 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 no. Whereas now in the advent of the internet and, you know, worldviews being accessible to America, it's in some places regarded as one of the best science fiction films of all time. Wow. I haven't heard that before. You know, yeah. I mean, like if you look around, like I, I saw that in a couple of different pages when I was doing a bit of research for this episode, but it has aged well in how it's been, how it portrays itself. So one of the quick things that folks pointed out when it came out is the military fetishization and it was like this this reminds us of fascism this isn't good Thoughts? but you know <laughs> like it's kind of being done it's kind of being done and in truth like that was that was kind of a bit of it it was it was you know really highlighting you know like the fine line between duty fascism and you know like questioning and all those great things that's that's why this is a satire and things like the logos for the military, the uniforms, they are, you know, mildly, if not, you know, definitely homages to Nazi uniforms and whatnot. So, I mean, when you look at him, like, um, oh, what's his name? Who's the psychic guy? What's that actor's name? Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. I know the actor's name. I'm trying to think of the character yeah. name. Yeah, the character, we all know him as Neil Patrick oh. Harris. But if you look at him in his uniform in that film, as an adult, if that doesn't scream SS officer to you, <laughs> yeah, no. you're messing a trick or you're in denial. So flash forward to 2023 when we're recording this, it's very topical because you do have a far right and you have folks that think that a lot of that stuff is cool and you think and they think that it's necessary and this film just shows you know like a lot of the dangers of that and that way of thinking now obviously you know bugs are bent on destroying the human race you know invading our planet and all of you know like that terrible impending doom sort of stuff so to a degree this is necessary but the viewpoints of the characters and their journey of realization throughout the film, I think, is what was really good. So in the beginning, they all really buy into this. And then, you know, like after Clendathu, they kind of realize what's going on. Like we are meat for the grinder. There are people that are just making decisions here. And we have signed up, not necessarily knowing what we're getting into. Because it is like all of these folks have been made out to be heroes. And this is made out to be cool. So I think like, the films age really well in that respect. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're signing up because they, they give their reasons, don't they? And you need to be a citizen. Yeah, you can't serve. have babies like, if you haven't been it. through this. Yeah, like, if you want to have a family, you have to serve. 
I know. The problem is, like, they're going to have to amend that rule because, like, a lot of people died on Clendapsin. (laughs) Spoilers, folks. A lot of people died, and they aren't necessarily going to go home. This is their way of population control. Yeah, like, uh, ugh. Survive with the fittest. (sighs) We're the luckiest. We're the luckiest, yeah. (laughs) Those who hide. If you think you're psychic, maybe you are. Federal studies are being conducted in your community. Would you like to know more? Right. So should we go over the plot like really briefly here? Yeah, I mean, it, there's not, there is, there is obviously a plot, but we don't know. Bugs are attacking. Did we, did we do something to upset attacking. them? Did we try to invade their planet first? Because I don't know why they'd just randomly attack us <laughs> okay, from another star so... system. So we are expanding like the virus that we are through the stars and we are colonizing planets and doing all that stuff. And then we come in there, interact, we interact with the bugs and the bugs don't like us. We don't like the bugs. And I think that's where that conflict comes. That's it. And so we are mutually exclusive when it comes to giant arachnoid killer. Okay. So. Well, they're they're pretty intelligent if they found out where we live and they're now sending meteors to destroy us. Yeah. So this is one of the things that's different from the books. So. In the books, this is a little bit more eloquent because the bugs are like they have ships, like they are intelligent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and it's and to a degree, it's sort of t- it's it's kind of mutated when they did the animated series Roughnecks, Starship mm. Troopers Chronicles, which was released in '99, and it kind of takes off from the story. If not, it's a little bit of a prequel because Dizzy's alive. Spoilers. Oh. Um, but in the Roughnecks cartoon. You have the skinnies. Did you see any of the cartoon, Paul? I I I think I saw the Roughnecks, say the pilot or animated film. Okay, that it was, well, but... there's in the Roughnecks show. There's a skinny. He's like an alien dude. Okay. And it was said that they used to be enemies of the humans, but then the bugs, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. So now we are teaming up. In the book, the bugs and the skinnies are against the humans and then the skinnies defect and join the humans as allies but the bugs hmm. are their own spacefaring race okay and they're in the cartoon there are bugs which blast off into space and in their innards are other bugs living and when that bug hits the planet it like spews them out or whatever and like that's how they colonize planets sure in the book it's different they have ships so or at least it's implied. It doesn't really necessarily touch so much on it. But in you know the context of the film, these bugs are somehow colonizing planets through biomechanical means, and off they go. They aren't particularly intelligent, except for what is theorized to be a brain bug by Neil Patrick Harris. So the film, I really enjoy the film because it's another case of like the blob where we have Steve McQueen playing a a teenager. Yes. So the teenagers in this film are so blatantly like in their late 20s, early 30s. But we're willing to forgive them that. That's fine. Because they're really hot, right? Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, our main protagonist is a fellow named Johnny Rico. In the books, he's of Philippine descent. In the movie, he is your stereotypical rich white male. So we kind of enjoy seeing him taking his licks through the military industrial complex that is Starship Troopers. So 
there's a bit of a love triangle. We've got um, Carmen, who is Denise Richards, and she was made famous by Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> she is here yep. as Johnny Rico's girl, like much smarter than Johnny. You know, she she is dead clever in this film. She is like good on it, Starship Troopers, for a strong female lead. Um, but yeah, she is Johnny's girlfriend who ends up getting much higher scores than him, goes on to be in a much better part of the military. Kind of like Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris is one of Johnny's friends, is much smarter than him and goes into a better part of the military. And then we have Dizzy, who her the name of the actress escapes me. Dina, so, Dina Myers. Okay, Mayer. there we go. Sorry, Christina. But anyways, like, she is crushing hard on Johnny Rico and she deliberately goes into military infantry to follow him. Johnny is not crushing on this girl. He wants Zick Harmon. Anyway, uh, Johnny goes through boot camp. He's about to quit boot camp because of an accident. I won't give too many spoilers in here because I feel like I've given too many already. But anyways, as he's about to leave boot camp, we find out that the bugs have somehow sent a comet to Buenos Aires, which is where Johnny is from, and nuked his family. So Johnny decides, I'm not quitting. And his higher ups are like, we need meat for the grinder. Of course, they don't say that to him, but you know, like they rip up his, you know, quit slip. Yeah. And then Johnny is thrown at Clendathy, which is the bug's home world. So of course, the higher ups are just like, you know what? We couldn't, it's not like we want to just like cleanse the outlying planets and then work on Clendathu. we're going to go cut straight to the heart and it doesn't go well does it paul it doesn't go well no i think they might have had some wrong intelligence there because they just land and yeah cluster comes to mind when you know like describing the events of the invasion of clendathu anyways they pull back someone retires forcefully yeah. and there's a new military strategy where like the outlying planets surrounding clendath and the bugs have colonized they get glassed over they nuke the surface and then the infantry goes in and cleans up whatever managed to survive the fire blast and then they just work their way into clendathu from that point now at one point johnny thinks that carmen is dead at one point carmen thinks that johnny is dead they end up with different people spoilers who both die and then they manage to come back together at the end yay and neil patrick happy ending harris, and neil patrick harris saves them so why not but it has a happy ending because all of the hot people survive and all the hot people end up together and everybody's realized like we can win this war and yada 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 so it, it's a fun film from that standpoint there and like you said there is a lot of gore um there are great special effects for me the soundtrack by basil poldoris he nailed it because like the drop sequence and the um i don't know the bunker fight yeah when the action kicks off it's like when everything kicks off that is some really great music and it really swells well I mean, if you watch Starship Troopers, if you pay attention to the music, it's really understated. But when it comes out like blasting, it is there. It is awesome. So, yeah, I think that this film has a lot to offer from there. Um, 
read the book because the film and the book are subtly different, but there are a lot of the things that the film does get right. So it's from, fun from that perspective. Um, Roughnecks Starship Trooper Chronicles. It's 40 episodes. There are DVDs. It is on Sci-Fi if you're in the States or get that channel. At the time of this recording, at least it's listed there. Um, yeah, so those are the good ways to view it. However, there were numerous live action sequels to this film and not all of them were great, but some of them were equally satirical, particularly where we find out that God is actually a giant psychic bug sending signals to the human race, tricking them into believing that there is an omnipresent benevolent being. Okay. I, don't re- I don't remember the sequels but yeah that was in one of the sequels that i mean like i watched about 10 minutes of that film and i turned it off but yeah there are some good okay. ones like uh there's only two sequels wasn't there or well, two two live action sequels were, was it only two only two i'm sure there's only one two and first it was just a trilogy and then i think the rest were animated i huh. think well whatever there were i mean like the sequels went downhill relatively quickly <laughs> okay we are getting a video game though or we, we have are getting i think there's been there's been a few games before but we are getting a brand new game yeah. which um is going to be a squad based shooter like the uh aliens fire team game which was just good fun so i look forward to playing that when it comes out yeah well i saw it when you know again was doing research for the uh podcast episode but yeah. So where would we rank this film? Well, everyone's doing their part. Are you? Film. It's it, funny you should mention ratings because we said, actually it might have been me and someone said on the podcast, what's the rating system we can use? And someone came up with one for us. So so I'll let you hear it. So it, this was um, M, M. Bryant, who by the way had a birthday recently, so belated happy birthday to M. Her, her system is Kaiju. So it's K for killer, A for amazing, I for it's okay, J for just bad, or U for unforgivable slash unseeable. Right. Right. So going down the word kaiju, which, you know, it starts off good. K, K is the best, U is the worst. I'll give it an A. It was I would give it an A amazing. as well. Yeah, this is I'd, amazing. This isn't like world shattering in the sense that it's like this is now my whole personality like godzilla was for many of us but um isn't there's great there's very little that i can fault about this film but for the type of film that it is i i mean it's got everything the growing teenage boy needs i'm telling you what (laughs) it does doesn't it that hits well it we we like denise richards you know not just because taming the t-rex you know we, we do like her and um Casper Van Dien, like him, Michael Ironside, like him. The the casting is great. And the dialogue and the way they deliver it is all great. The pacing, I can't really think there wasn't a point where I was like, oh, I'm bored. There's always enough action or enough story, or there's just something always going on to keep it moving. And you know where it's leading too. Yeah. So that was great. And the effects, which are over 20 years old, still hold up. It's a nice mix of CGI and practical. All good. Well, let's talk about why the effects hold up. So 
this was actually a strategy that they used in Jurassic Park. So in Jurassic Park, the CGI dinosaurs, rarely do you see them for long sequences in glaring sunlight. Yeah. So when you texture a computer-generated creature, um, some of the easy cheats that you can get is to have a scene occur at night, have a scene occur when it's raining, or have a scene when there's like a haze or there's dust. Okay. So with the T-Rex sequence, which was like the big daddy of Jurassic Park, that was the sequence where, you know, like the CGI really came into its own. The T-Rex, it's dark, it's raining, and, you know, like they, they intersperse that with actual animatronic. The probably like hardest creature that they had a time with there would be the Brachiosaurus, which is the first dinosaur that you see because that's in harsh sunlight. However, because it's so large and you're looking at it from a distance, you don't necessarily need a lot of detail work. So with the Clandathu invasion, it's at night. So what you get is like a gleaming light surface, which computers are pretty good at doing. Like that's a pretty easy effect. There's no fur on these things. Um, they're like a carapace. So they, because they don't have an internal skeletal structure, you have like this hard outer surface that doesn't move, that doesn't wrinkle, that doesn't flow. So the arachnids right, yeah. are actually pretty easy. You can't like, because like it's an outer shell, you can't even see muscles moving. Like, yeah, while so you don't have to worry about all of that, do you? That's yeah, nice. they don't have to worry about it. There's no, no mouthy bits. Like the only things that are really moving are their eyes. It's kind of the perfect creature if you want to use CGI to be fair. So to a degree, I believe that's a big reason as to why the CGI holds up. And then the other CGI that's there is ships, which are easy to texture. They're in space, all that other good stuff, which I mentioned previously. To be fair, the only CGI interaction that you get with a real creature with muscles and whatnot was a cow. Oh, when the cow gets eaten. Yeah, the cow. That's censored. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they censor over it. <laughs> so, you know, great job. I mean, you do have a lot of, like, CGI characters, you know, that have been put in. But what you can do is you can just kind of, like, copy and paste, like, an image so that you can just see, like, those characters. Like, if you get, like, 10 or 20 people and put them in the uniforms, you can copy and paste that in a computer or have it run so that it's like the same people more or less that are coming down and you can make it look like a lot more than was actually there. So you can do like these neat little tricks. And I think Starship Troopers employed them like quite geniusly with its shots and how it was managing like its scenes. Like, cause night at Clendathu, you wouldn't want to have it any other way. A night invasion is totally awesome because it, it makes it more eerie. It shows off the gunfire. There's rockets going. It's it's a fantastic setup, but it also really helped the special effects. And what practical effects you do have in this film are fantastic. Yeah, because I mean, even the day battles, they say there's there's swarms of them, but because they're kicking up so much dust and there's so many of them, you can't. It looks yeah. Right. The eye doesn't know where to focus in those no. instances. And when you have like one just sitting there, like there's one that they come across, like one that they've kind of like blasted to bits, and then they do the coup de gras. I think you know what scene I'm talking about. Mm. That's a practical effect. Yeah. So it's really good in that sense. Yeah, so they're very smart about it. 
Yeah, there was some real planning that went behind this feature. That was great. Oh, what a good film. It was a good film. And when I was watching it, I was thinking, God, I forgot how much I love this film. It's just a shame (laughs) that the sequels didn't really, you know, live up. Because I I don't think it did fantastic, did it, at the box office? Well, okay, so you're talking about the box office. So the year that it came out, 1997, was a year of record breakers. So we had the lost world we had men in black like there was just like a whole bunch of blockbusters out there and it had stiff competition however i will say that in its opening weekend which or its opening debut i mean it was released november 4th 1997 right that was its premiere so when it came out it made like 22 million dollars in the united states but this might tickle you to death as a British person. It knocked out Mr. Bean. <laughs> it knocked Mr. Bean off the top spot. And then it fended off a re-release of The Little Mermaid the next weekend. The re-release. So to stay on top. So, yeah. So Starship Troopers took out Mr. Bean and The Little Mermaid. And The Little Mermaid. Yeah. That's great. So, I mean, all in, it, it did have some stiff competition. However, for, for Columbia TriStar, um this film did uh break some uh it, it, it was the best film release for them since total recall and oh, well the same director you know total recall yeah same director and terminator judgment day so basically it's the first okay. non-arnold schwarzenegger film to do well for Columbia tristar right well that's yeah that's good i mean it obviously it got two sequels at least and uh, direct, TV direct series, sequels, but you know, yeah, but I mean, it, it it made enough money to warrant. There must have been enough interest for them to say, right, well, let's let's kick, you know, do a TV series, let's do another film, and people must have then watched them, bought them for them to keep going. The other thing that I find interesting, so I've, I mentioned earlier that this is the original novelization or the original book was meant for a young adult audience, so they went straight to adult audience with the yeah. film. But the series, which is also pretty close to like a lot of the stuff that happens in the book, albeit it's a deviation because it's carrying on as like kind of like a weird prequel from what the movies had going. That's targeted at a young adult audience. Okay. So yeah, that, that's interesting. So I mentioned in, in the animated series, Dizzy is still alive. So Dizzy is, she, she dies during the film. Oh, she dies, yeah. yeah. Yeah, quite, quite brutally. But um, she's alive during the entire run of the animated series. Are any of the other characters in it? 40 episodes. Do we, do we, is, um, is Johnny in it or anyone else? Yeah, Johnny Rico's the main character. Is this just an alternate timeline? (laughs) No. So like there must've been like, T- so remember they're they're glassing over planets and whatnot before yeah. they like final one and all that so this had to have taken place in that span of time but a lot of stuff goes down in that series okay a lot of stuff so canonically i don't know where it sits it's a fun ride by all means enjoy it and it's got kind of like that remarkable for the time but looking back pretty bad um cg so if for any of you who fondly remember the original release of beast wars it's like that level of cg (laughs) maybe a little bit better okay i remember beast wars looking amazing when i watched it 
in the nineties. And then like, if I see it on YouTube or something now, I'm just like, Oh my God, I could do that on my phone now, which to be fair, you could do Jurassic park. on Yeah. Now. But you know, it's just one of those deals, but you know, it is fun. It's got some interesting plot points, but yeah, Starship Troopers. It's just one of those interesting films in cinema history where politically it didn't come at just quite the right time. I feel like if you did a re-release of Starship Troopers with some really good marketing behind it, you could probably do something with it. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see it at the cinema. It's like, it screams big screen action, doesn't it? That's at the very least, I think it would. Yeah, it, do it's well. a pretty. It would probably be a pretty f- fun film to see on the big screen. Yeah. Probably. There we go. Yeah, we're rating it an A on the kaiju scale, exam. And I think that we've gone through it. So, if whoever's listening to this, if you want to comment below uh, the episode or comment where you see it, personally, I'd like to know what your favorite bug design was. And I will take anything from the animated series because, like, you have queens and stuff in there, or you know the live action films. But I would like to I would like to see if everybody just goes for the warrior design, or if there are other designs out there that people liked, because it was a pretty neat novel design that they came up with. Okay. What would you What would you say is the best design? I mean, I'm going to go with the warrior because I loved it. Well, I mean, that's the, the only. Because I can only think of the the first film, which has what the, there's the flying bug, there's the warrior, tank, there's the, the tank, and the brain bug. Oh, and then there's little yeah, ones. You have that the carry brain, the brain you bug. have the tank. Oh, and the ones that shoot the plasma into the air. Yeah, yeah. They're you have the cool. warriors. I so the warrior is the most iconic one. Yeah, it's a cool design. You see, there are cool. action figures out for the warriors now. I think it's like a Japanese release. You can buy like these fully posable warrior bugs. That's pretty cool. Paul's going to go online and look. Yeah, at <laughs> the heck with a ten- the heck with a Kenner Nostalgia T Rex. <laughs> Give me a bug. Bug. Yeah, but there we go. Yeah, um, and Joe, um, talking of the film, we did have Chad Atkinson come on the podcast like many moons ago, and he was actually in the Brain Bug, wasn't he? Like operating it. Yeah, he was. So that was episode 70. So I definitely recommend that as a listener. He, he was the gooey, needly guy. <laughs> the, the, the uh, thing that sucks your brains out. The proboscis, as it was. Yep. Yeah, that's a cool story to tell, oh, isn't it? <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I, I'm curious now about the series, what it's like, how, how well it's aged, and what sequels there were. Because I thought there was just three, I thought it was just a trilogy of films, but I'm wondering if they did more. I think they did more. I think it was one of those ones where it's just like that. They just kept is it like out. Tremors like, where they just keep making them? I was going to say Land Before Time, but you know. Oh, Land Before Time, God! But there's like twenty of them. <laughs> that, that just, just did not stop. It, just make an animated series. Why are you coming out with films? <laughs> oh gosh! Moment of silence for Littlefoot's mom. And we're back. Okay, <laughs> there we go. So yeah. I think this has been a fun episode. We're going to have to do this again and see what films other folks uh, tell us we need to watch and talk about. Yeah, we would we would do a poll. We've actually got a, a Kaiju Curry House chat group now, that new Facebook feature. So perhaps we can get some of the viewers, listeners to chime in on chat about what they've been watching and what they would recommend we 
discussed that we haven't seen recently? Yeah, we've kind of shied away from uh, other platforms like Twitter since good old Elon took over. Yeah, it's a weird. Maybe we should. Yeah, put some feelers out there, see what people are thinking. Yeah. But anyways, we love it when you guys get in contact with us. So please do. It's really fun. And we like hearing like all the different opinions and just ideas that come out of the woodwork. So yeah. Should we t- Fully automatic burrito. Who wants to hold it? Citizen rule. People making a better tomorrow. <laughs> So yeah, should we take it to if nothing else? Yeah, if nothing else, um, I'm lost now. I guess if I've already said it, if nothing else, listen to listen to episode seventy and hear what Chad's experience was being inside a brain bug. Check out Starship Troopers because it is an amazing film. If you're of the appropriate age, if you're of the appropriate age, and I guess have a check out the trailer for. Starship Troopers Extinct Extermination, which is the video game coming out later this year. Yeah, there we go. I think that you've touched on pretty much everything I'd recommend. Sans the book, which is not very long. It's only about 250 pages. So I like those types of books. Yeah, I know. I keep sending them to you. Anyways, <laughs> Paul's birthday present is sorted again. Anyways, um, yeah, check out Starship Troopers, the book. It's been out in circulation for ages. You can probably find it at a library if you go to libraries. And um, it's it's not hard to read. It, it's probably like a two, three-day read, if that. It's pretty exciting. It's fun. Um, what else shall I say? Go to your local Smith's Toy. See if you can find a, a Mattel Red Rex figure. Because Lord knows that those are going to skyrocket in value. They did other 30th anniversary Kenner Nostalgia releases as well. Those are all quality. But the Red Rex is what everybody's going for. And it roars too! It's so cool! But yeah. Um, I think that's all I've got for all of our fabulous listeners today. Um, shout out to all the brave souls that are going to go and search up Tammy and the T-Rex now. But yeah. Thanks folks. And as always, keep it kaiju. What mysteries will the brain bug reveal? Federal scientists are working around the clock to probe its secrets. Once we understand the bug, we will defeat it. We have the ships. We have the weapons. We need soldiers. Soldiers like Lieutenant Stack Lumbridge. We're in target area now, Captain. Captain Carmen Ivanek. This is the captain speaking. All personnel confirmed. Soldiers like Private Ace Levy and Lieutenant John Rico. Come on, you if you wanna live forever! We need you all. Service guarantees citizenship. <laughs>